Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Canadian Federation of Agriculture President Mary Robinson. Also, Dairy Farmers of Canada Vice President David Weens will stop by. And up first in today's country comment, Cap President Bill Campbell will join us to talk about the group's budget submission. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Keystone Agricultural Producers has released six recommendations for the 2022 provincial budget. President Bill Campbell joins me now to talk about the first four. Everybody and the public is aware that uh, the conversation around climate change and so how we go about addressing that part of it. And there's been some initiatives uh, announced from federal government and that uh, so we want to ensure that agriculture and farmers are at the table when we go about developing some of these new policies and um, how our industry can um, deal with and adapt to some of these policies. And uh, we want to make sure that, that there's a healthy environment for future generations. And so um, just to be able to be working with our partners in the sector um, you know, we have had a meeting with Minister Gilmard and the Premier to address um, this particular subject. And uh, uh, we want to ensure that, you know, the money uh, stays in the province of Manitoba. Uh, so uh, we just yeah, want to ensure that, that we are part of that conversation. The second uh, recommendation, um, allocate contingency funding to assist Manitoba's agriculture industry if uh, drought conditions persist this year. Well, I think we're, we're quite aware that we went into the fall with a very, very um, marginal uh, subsoil uh, structure. And so if we do not receive some uh, snowfall uh, and uh, timely rains in the spring that we may not be out of this drought condition, uh, so we want to ensure that the government is still fully aware of, of what the potential or consequences are of a continuing drought. And, um, you know, we're certainly um, thankful and appreciative of the collaboration and the relationships that were formed during the drought of uh, 2021, but uh, we also would be... Uh, preferential that if we received the moisture and didn't have to deal with drought conditions again in 2022. So just want to be them to be aware that, that um, we're not necessarily out of these drought conditions and to be able to be uh, react uh, relatively quickly in a timely fashion from what we have learned in 2021. The third one here had to do with uh, education property taxes and uh, the new education funding model. Well, um, I think that it's uh, been quite apparent uh, through previous uh, CAP uh, uh, resolutions that there needs to be a review with regards to education funding. And we have highlighted this significantly over the the past uh, while. And um, uh, we want to ensure that uh, as this, uh, the government has announced an education funding review panel and that we have a seat at the table with regards to ensuring we bring forward agriculture's views with regards to education property tax funding. Um, You know, it it is a different 
uh, landscape than it was when this model was introduced. And uh, we just would like to see the ability to modernize with regards to equitability and uh, fairness with regards to funding of education in Manitoba. The uh, fourth one here had to do with um, a labor, a labor strategy. Yeah. Well, I think that, um, you know, we've, we've seen some of the consequences of the COVID-19 and the, the supply chains and uh, uh, disruptions of uh, certain uh, commodities movement. And, and it's had a widespread effect on, on the whole supply chain. And so with regards to labor, I think that this will be one of the uh, hot subjects moving forward in 2022 as to how we're able to achieve uh, the productivity that we need as an industry, be it, um, you know, from uh, mechanics to uh, processors to truck drivers, um, you know, to the farm gate workers as well. And so we're encouraged by taking a leadership role in working with the government to address some of these situations. And, um, you know, we look forward to um, 2022 and, and trying to bring some positive results with regards to labor. It, it, it is a, a uh, I think, a, a nationwide concern about how we go about getting the productivity back in, in this country and especially in the ag industry. That was Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell recapping some of their recommendations for the 2022 provincial budget. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Assiniboine Community College is announcing a new partnership with the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples to deliver a tuition-free agriculture equipment operator program to meet a labour market need. The 14-week program starts in February at the college's North Hill campus in Brandon and is open to Indigenous people living off-reserve. The program has a capacity for 15 students. The third payment under the Dairy Direct Payment Program is now available to producers. Based on their milk quota, dairy farmers will receive compensation payments totaling up to $469 million for this fiscal year. The money is compensation for market access concessions made under CETA and CPTPP. Dairy Farmers of Canada Vice President David Ween says they're still waiting for details on compensation related to the Canada-United States-Mexico agreement. With the Kuzma agreement or the new NAFTA agreement that uh, you know the, the Canadian government signed on to a couple of years ago, in order to secure that agreement, government once again provided further access for the Canadian dairy markets, you know, for the U.S. and that trade agreement. And of course, uh, you know, they felt that they needed to have the overall agreement, but uh, certainly the dairy industry paid a heavy price there. Ween says recovering from last year's drought and processing capacity will be key issues for dairy farmers as this year unfolds. South Korea recently suspended its quarantine inspections of Canadian beef as it looks for more information regarding that atypical case of BSE found last month in central Alberta. Here is the CCA's Executive Vice President, Dennis Laycraft. More information has been sent clarifying that it was an atypical case. That information now has gone to the Food Safety Authority and in South Korea, our government will be following up with them and you know, hopefully that matter should get resolved very very quickly, but you know we'll be watching it very closely, and I know we're reaching out to you know literally each day to get an update on where it's at. Laycroft says they expect South Korea long term to be a really important market for Canadian beef. 
And the president of the Canola Council of Canada says continued industry-government partnership on market access and development activities is integral to driving canola's value and industry growth. Jim Everson. We export 90% of what we grow when it comes to the canola industry in Canada, so global markets are critical for us. You know, it's a pretty protectionist environment out there when it comes to agricultural trade. You know, we have an ongoing issue with China, of course, with two of our companies not able to export seed to China. We have multiple other issues that come up during the year. And so we really focus on proactive market access works. Last month, the federal government announced an investment of more than $1.8 million through the agri-marketing program under the Canadian Agricultural Partnership. When combined with contributions from the canola industry, up to $3.6 million will be invested over the next two years to help the Canola Council make progress on two strategic priorities focusing on differentiated value in the marketplace and stable and open trade. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, January 7th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Dairy Farmers of Canada Vice President David Weeds. The third payment under the Dairy Direct Payment Program is now available to producers. David Weens is Vice President of Dairy Farmers of Canada. The Canadian government announced uh, uh, the third round of uh, compensation, which, uh, of course, had been committed to uh, quite a few years ago, under the actually under the Harper administration already. Uh, but now it's, you know, the, this current government is following through with the commitments they've made. Uh, and, of course, uh, when we look at the, the trade agreements that Canada has uh, been involved in, uh, specifically the, the um, uh, Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for the Trans-Pacific Partnership, otherwise known as CPTPP, and also the, the, um, uh, the uh, CETA agreement that we have with Europe. There is, uh, uh, you know, those are, are agreements that both of them uh, took a chunk of uh, domestic dairy production and has that has been now replaced with uh, imports from uh, these countries. And, of course, at the time, uh, there was a commitment made by, by the government that in order to secure these trade deals, that they would uh, compensate the, uh, the dairy industry for that. And so that's what we're seeing happening now. They have phased it in over a number of years. And, of course, uh, uh, that's, that's important uh, in, in this case, uh, you know, because it is uh, directly a compensation for market access that was granted in those trade agreements. And, uh, and so this will uh, allow some much-needed uh, certainty for dairy farmers um, in addition to, you know, the security they need to continue investing into their operations, but also, uh, uh, you know, just to, uh, to continue to, uh, you know, position ourselves uh, for the future. So, so it certainly is appreciated by dairy farmers. Is there another round yet to come? Yes, that's right. Uh, so, uh, with the uh, with the Kuzma agreement or the new NAFTA agreement that uh, you know the, the Canadian government signed on to a couple of years ago, in order to secure that agreement, the government once again uh, provided further access for. Uh, the, the Canadian dairy markets, you know, for the, uh, uh, for, for the, for the U.S. and that trade agreement. And of course, uh, uh, 
you know, they felt that they needed to have the overall agreement, but uh, certainly uh, the dairy industry paid a heavy price there. And even at the time that they announced the, the agreement there to the, the federal government, the prime minister uh, made a commitment to the dairy industry that uh, that the damage caused by it would be uh, compensated. So that, of course, those details have not yet uh, been worked out and uh, so we'll continue to, uh, you know, have those uh, discussions with the federal government. And David, um, you know, just looking ahead to, to 2022, um, what will be a key priorities for dairy farmers this year? Well, when we look at, the, for example, the, the situation in uh, in Manitoba and, and I guess the other prairie provinces are very much affected by the drought that we've experienced. So that has been uh, pretty high up on our agenda in terms of, of uh, trying to address that situation to, uh, you know, to work our way through uh, this, uh, uh, you know, kind of difficult uh, time, but uh, still looking forward. Hopefully we continue to get uh, uh, good snowfall throughout the winter and, and maybe timely rains again next summer to help us through. But the other thing that we've been working on, at, uh, especially uh, uh, with the Western provinces, is to, um, you know, encourage more uh, dairy processing in, in all the provinces. So, uh, continue to be, uh, you know, looking for those uh, opportunities uh, so that we can continue to uh, grow production here on the farms in Western Canada. So certainly those are are very high on the agenda. And, and always looking to uh, the future, too, in terms of, uh, you know, other, other uh, things that are very important to, uh, uh, you know, to us as dairy farmers, but also to the public in general. And, and certainly, you know, things that relate to animal care and environment are always uh, top of mind for us as we uh, continue to, uh, you know, work on those areas, uh, uh, particularly with the uh, federal and provincial governments uh, focus on, um, you know, on, on the environmental uh, uh, part of, uh, you know, of what we all experience every day, uh, that is an area that, that we will be uh, spending a lot of time on as well. I want to say that uh, we, we do appreciate uh, the support that we've uh, received, not only from the federal and provincial governments, but also uh, the kind of support that we have received from uh, Canadians uh, throughout this time. I know that, uh, for example, the pandemic has been very uh, difficult on all of us, and uh, but we do continue to uh, see the strong support that uh, Canadians have shown, especially in their uh, preference for uh, Canadian milk and dairy products as they, as you know, as as part of uh, an important part of their lives as well. So that, that uh, uh, just like to uh, make uh, mention of that as well. That was David Weens, Vice President of Dairy Farmers of Canada. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Keystone Agricultural Producers will host its annual meeting January 25th and 26th online. Go to the group's website, 
to register. And Manitoba Agriculture is offering environmental farm plan workshops over the winter. These will be held online. Visit the Manitoba Agriculture website to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, the Canadian Agri-Food Sustainability Initiative is a collaboration of Canadian agri-food sector industry leaders in sustainability. Mary Robinson is president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, which is leading the development of the CASI platform. CASI, as it's called, uh, is all about uh, coming up with a, a national unified collaborative voice across the entire food sector. Uh, we know that there there certainly are uh, different examples of um, standards that we all have to, to meet up with in, in agriculture. So Cassie is trying to become um, offer a portal. Uh, so at the end of the day, for a producer, for example, it would mean um, hopefully less kind of paperwork burden. Uh, it, it would take everything and aggregate it. So different programs that you might you might already be uh you know, logging information uh, in regard to manure handling or or water or uh, pesticide storage, all of those things. You, you probably, producers are already supplying that information to a few different uh, facets. So the idea is to kind of bring that all together and offer a hub. Um, and, you know, the the purpose of, of it is really to, um, to measure and improve the sustainability in Canadian agriculture so we can do all kinds of things. Uh, once, you know, kind of a little bit like public trust, uh, we do a lot of this stuff within our own community, within our own silo, and then we don't necessarily communicate it really well outside to the, the people who are who are uh, having a look at us and measuring and trying to figure out if we're doing a good job. So it, it's going to be a pretty exciting project. It was started um, February of last of 2020, uh, and. Uh, here we are coming up. Uh, it should be completed by March of 2023, uh, and we're, we've um, launched the first pilot project, and we'll go through the process until at the very end where we can uh, launch the portal. And Mary, um, talk a little bit about the uh, industry engagement report and you know some of the highlights from that. It kind of just gave an overview of, of everything that uh, the Cassie um Group has taken on so far, and Cassie, the, the lead for Cassie is CFA, um, and uh, Bronwyn Wilton and her group are, are doing the work for us. So um, it's uh, the summary just gives an overview of, of the work they've done so far. It gives a purpose. It, it talks about some of the key questions that have been answered, what the value proposition is of Cassie for not just producers and producer groups, but governments, supply chains, and sustainability enablers. And it just talks about how, um, what topics we should be incorporating into CASI for future research and the next step. So it's a pretty nice, uh, succinct, more or less three-page report that really gives a lovely overview of the, the work that's been done and the work they hope to do. And um, the report summarizes, um, you know, what you guys heard from almost 130 stakeholders. So it covers a pretty wide, uh, wide range there. Yes, absolutely. So there were 129 agri-food sector stakeholders from across the country. So there was a lot of diversity within that 129 uh, member group, uh, everything from, from government to producer to producer organizations and just all of the players to, to um, you know, look for that clear, actionable next step path for Cassie. I think it's, it's pretty wonderful because, you know, what 
what we do know when when we look at the, the three pillars of sustainability that those are incredibly important to all producers in Canada. You know, if we're gonna if we're gonna look at uh, the environmental, the economic, and the social sustainability. We know uh, that really touches on a lot of the frustrations or challenges and sometimes opportunities that we see in Canadian agriculture. So this will maybe um, hopefully put us in a better place to capture more markets and and it, it will talk kind of potentially a little bit more globally. Like right now, we, we have... Um, we have just begun the work on the first pilot project, and I'm really pleased to share that it is the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef Standards that's going to be participating in that. Uh, and uh, we're going to be benchmarking the CRSB standard against two other sustainability standards. So that, that work's going to kick off uh, with a workshop in early February, and we're going to be looking at addressing complexities of meeting global sustainability standards and why this is important for the continued success of Canadian agri-food supply chain. So anybody that wants to participate in that, Corey, certainly uh, if they reach out to CFA's Director of Environment and Science Policy, that's Frank um, Anow, and you can find Frank's contact information on the Canadian Federation of Agriculture website. Frank would certainly uh, love to uh, connect with a few people who want to be part of that uh, pilot project. That was Mary Robinson, president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food Marie-Claude Bebo has announced an investment of $495,000 for the Canadian Centre for Swine Improvement. CCSI is collaborating with project partners on developing a Canada-wide integrated genetic services system to help sheep and goat farmers improve productivity and increase supply. Funding is provided through the Canadian Agricultural Strategic Priorities Program. Earlier this week, the U.S. announced new rules around a lack of meaningful competition in the meat sector. The move was based on a recent White House analysis that found that four top meat packers control between 55 and 85 percent of the market in the cattle, hog and chicken sectors. Dennis Laycraft, executive vice president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, says we continue to look at how we can make our processing industry here at home more competitive on all levels. You know, at every particular part of this looking at how do we create the best conditions for competition um, in in our industry and that includes in the processing industry as well so we're watching it very closely and seeing what we can learn from it last month the federal government announced an investment of more than 1.8 million dollars to the canola council of canada through the agri marketing program under the canadian agricultural partnership when combined with contributions from the canola industry up to $3.6 million will be invested over the next two years to help the Canola Council make progress on two strategic priorities, focusing on differentiated value in the marketplace and stable and open trade. Here's President Jim Everson. We engage with our customers in different key countries, key markets, and we engage directly with the governments and sometimes certainly through with support of the Market Access Secretariat and CFIA and so on in government, where we work with them to be sure that you know, we're not surprised by actions that other governments take that might impact on the canola trade, and then we try to resolve issues as quickly as possible as we see them coming. The Canola Council will use the funding to continue strengthening its promotion of the benefits of canola products in Asia and North America. And recovering from last year's drought will be a big focus for dairy farmers heading forward. David Weens is Vice President of Dairy Farmers of Canada. That 
has been uh, pretty high up on our agenda in terms of uh, trying to address that situation to work our way through this uh, difficult uh, time. But looking forward, hopefully we continue to get uh, good snowfall throughout the winter and, and maybe timely rains again next summer to help us through. Wien says they'll also be encouraging more dairy processing across the prairies. Just before Christmas, the federal government announced that the third payment under the Dairy Direct Payment Program is available to producers. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on Monday's show, we'll chat with CAP General Manager Brenna Mahoney. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.